Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. back everybody to another episode of Bubba in the Bloom episode 15 gonna talk about some MLB trade deadline predictions possibly what to do when moves happen as we have had two trades already many more to come after this show once you're listening to it and whatnot uh, you can find myself on Twitter at BD Entrick and my co-host is always on Twitter at Ryan BHQ Ryan Bloomfield how we doing man Doing, doing great. Feeling refreshed. Got a haircut this week for the I show. Know, got, that. got, got for the for the YouTube viewers, uh, the YouTube population of our our listeners or the live stream, I guess. Watchers got the got the props in the background updated. Hung hung some pictures. I'm I'm refreshed. Feel like a new man this week. Beautiful, beautiful. That is great to hear. Hair looks great. And we even have a hair question for you later. So that that's beautiful. That's we do. Definitely we do. not for me. I don't know if it was meant for me or you, but I'm going to take a guess. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and a very sturdy limb that it's for you. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a uh, good, good times. Good times had by all. Uh, but we have some fun stuff. I mentioned we have two trades already. It's gone down a lot more rumors to go. Like everyone already saying their goodbyes in their final home games. So like, hey, Mancini went out with a bang. Did you see that today? Off Josh, Josh Lowe's face? Off the face. Off the face. And 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 ruled a home run. How is that a home how. run? Because like, it didn't hit the glove? Like, that's the most I mean, usually the rule, rule is if they don't touch it. The fielder yeah. does, which is crazy to begin with, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but it definitely hit. Clearly <laughs> touched him. So it, Clearly it, touched it got him. him in the face. It looked like a soccer but, player when it was all said and done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to complain too much about it. That was a cool moment for Mancini. Yeah. And then like they had the last last weekend, or I guess Sunday was the Wilson Contreras like yeah. send off. It is a little awkward. They're doing these like send offs before they actually get traded. Like what happens yeah. if Wilson Contreras just shows back up? 
as a cub next week. I doubt it, but I I, I doubt it. But it'd be uh, one of those. Well, nothing would surprise you these days. So, like Xander Bogarts earlier on Thursday was rumored to be getting shopped around, and then after the game today in the locker room, I was literally reading like ten minutes ago. He was told by the team that he's not getting traded, and he told reporters that. So, like, who knows what's going on? Fun yeah, times. The rumor meal. We've got, we've got Heyman in, tweeting, Otani rumors, while Otani's pitching. And, and just don't follow Nightingale. Remember that, everybody. Just don't follow Nightingale. That was a long time during uh, the, the lockout. <laughs> so yeah. don't do bringing, it. Bringing, bringing back memories of that. Actually, there were tweets this last week about the international draft, which, oh, yeah. which kind of brought those memories back to with yep. MLB and PA. Doing all that fun stuff. I don't know. Let's not talk about that. That yep. was that was that was rough times. Well, why don't I give you the floor? Because we have some fun stuff coming up. And if uh, as we record it's the twenty eighth, most you'll be listening on the twenty ninth. So you have like two days to make this happen and get yeah. the discount. So why don't you plug away one of the best events of the year? Yes, for sure. First pitch Arizona, November third through sixth. We've already got uh, some 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 a pretty brisk sign up page, which which is awesome especially a, a few first-timers, definitely or more than a few first-timers. And we like to take care of those folks. You were a first-timer last year, yep. Bubba, so you can attest to that. But, um, the yeah, the early bird registration deadline um, expires at the end of July, so end of uh, July 31st, uh, I guess overnight. Into the 1st, it's your, I guess, chance to get the, the lowest rate possible for registration. And registration includes the three days, game tickets, a baseball forecaster, all, all our books that we do in the offseason at HQ. So um, really, like if, if any listeners out there, if anyone has questions on the fence, whatever, feel free to hit me up as a as a veteran of, of FPAS. Hit up Bubba as a, as a as a newbie, as a rookie really is just an amazing weekend we were talking about it before but probably probably hitting up some golf right before the event kicks off that thursday november 3rd so any listeners who play golf and are are interested in going to first pitch arizona let me know we will uh we will get you set up and just any other questions or whatever and again if you're a listener want to hang out drink on me Let's let's do it. Let's have some fun and and just hang out and talk baseball for a few days in uh, in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. And Ryan's not kidding. Like I, I think Toby and I recapped it because uh, it was my first time on our pod way back in October last year. And I mentioned to people that it's not just for fantasy baseball fans; it's for baseball fans. It's, it's like a great baseball weekend. Obviously, you have the fantasy twist to it, which is awesome. You get to meet amazing people. So I, I highly recommend it if you can pull it off. It is a commitment. I get it. But it's yep. a well worth the commitment. It's awesome. And Ryan's not kidding because um, I, I've I talked to Ryan many times. I've had him on my show many times before. But uh, we met up at one of the games. We each got each other a couple beers. Had a great time. Like it's it's a good good week. And play some poker at night. It's you make a lot of friends mm-hmm. that I still talk to to this day since meeting there. So it's a it's a great time, and I highly highly recommend it. I've seen some of the newbies, um, and we're not trying to be rude by calling them newbies, but they are newbies. Um, they've already tweeted out they signed up and they're looking forward to go and i think it's awesome it's great to see and i hope the more the merrier so if you have questions ryan's got all the answers probably i can at least give you some excitement to it and we can have some fun so i highly recommend checking it out if you can look look forward to those beers in the second row of the folly game finding the next uh joey weimer which which we were we were all over with 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 toby with eric cross with chris clegg Right behind yeah. home plate last yeah, year. That I'll, was a, it was a blast. 
I'll let people behind slightly behind the curtain. When uh, Brent sent out the email for people to send pictures in from last year, I almost sent him the picture of Joey from when we were sitting behind him in the dugout. But I was like, yeah, he probably wouldn't get the joke as well as we would. <laughs> but like all, all, everyone, all the insides would know what a picture of Joey would be. That's that's all I need to know. One of the I best. Wait till he's called up. Yeah, one of the best uh, live baseball experiences I've ever had. It was just an absolute blast. So, yeah, highly recommend checking it out, everybody. Uh, let's talk about some news. Andrew Benintendi traded to the Yankees. Actually just changed dugouts as Kansas City was in New York and goes to the Yankees uh, for some prospects and pitching prospects. I'm not a prospect expert. Some people actually said well, at least one of them is actually a pretty decent uh, prospect that throws some gas, basically. Could be a nice late-inning guy with potential to be like a, a, a starter. Uh, but Benny going to um, to the Yankees, it could mean less time for Gallo, which he's earned. Uh, there's a lot of things that it could mean with Ben and Tenny there. So what are, you, what are your takes on this one? Yeah, this was honestly like out of all of the potential trade uh, rumors so far. This, I think, for redraft leagues probably has the biggest impact just because there's so many like dominoes that fall because of this move. So Ben and Tendi, Started tonight, hit leadoff, and I think he's going to be uh, their leadoff guy for, for the lack of power, the lack of speed that Benintendi has um, shown this year. He does, he is hitting 320, and he does have a 387 on base, a 398 slug. So he's almost got a higher on base than a slugging percentage, which is really hard to do these days. Uh, but Benintendi probably slots into that leadoff spot regularly, should be hopefully at the expense of Joey Gallo and not our boy Aaron Hicks. I think that's what's going to happen. Now Stanton's on the IL right now. Um, so Gallo's, I guess, going to continue to get some run. But uh, but I think Benintendi's obviously a huge winner if anyone still, for some reason, has Joey Gallo on their team. Um, you should have cut him a while ago, and now you definitely can, I think, because yeah. he, he misses out even more. And if you need even more reason to cut Joey Gallo, let's go look at Justin Mason's thread today about comparing yeah, his stats good. to other stats. And it just makes it like it, if he, like I said, if he really needed more help, it just makes it stand out so much more. You're just like, wow, like it's like that bad, bad. So um, I guess one of those people get, well, he can get hot at any moment. I don't care. I really don't. If he gets hot, more power to him. He's already crushed your soul. So like, don't don't drag it out any longer. Go take your chances elsewhere. So 100 percent with you on that one. Um, we'll see. Hopefully it's not Hicks. Hopefully it's Gallo. You never know with the Yanks. If anything, it just gives a talented team more depth. You know, you know, Gian, like you said, Giancarlo going out. Judge, hope he doesn't, but he always finds his way onto an IL at some point in time. Hopefully he doesn't, but uh, it's just it gives them more flexibility, which is going to be tremendous for them going forward, plus a big OBP asset in, uh, in Benny. So I'm with you there. All right. Uh, happened about an hour or so before we started recording. Tyler Naquin traded to the New York Mets. This was a big bummer because I actually sneaker. I picked him this week. I wouldn't have picked him now, but uh, he had three great <laughs> matchups in Great American Small Park against the Baltimore Orioles. I was very excited about that play. Now he goes to New York, which I don't know. They just went and got Vogelbach. Now they got Naquin. It's an interesting situation. And Naquin went deep today on Thursday, so I was really looking forward to this weekend. And I, I even tweeted out, "Couldn't you wait until Monday?" to uh to trade tyler naquin please but they didn't so uh what's your thoughts on this move it's just the mets keep adding these kind of middle of the pack lefties right now yeah that's the problem and and by the way bubba constitution does state you can change your pick mid to- mid pod if if you're if you're that good yeah. at multitasking i'm not it, it's if, happening if you want right to if you want to swap out naquin mid pod before we get to the weekend matchup 
segment constitution allows that so thank you thank you naquin this is i think this is like terrible for tyler naquin's fantasy value but basically for bubba the reasons you kind of said he just kind of goes from a team and a ballpark in cincinnati that i think would just let him play pretty much every day uh, definitely against right-handed pitching but even against lefties as well i think he goes from that to yeah, just another lefty outfielder on that team. Just another lefty. You've got Jeff McNeil there. And as, as a lefty, you got Brandon Nimmo. You've got Travis Jankowski. Then you got Tyler Naquin. So I don't really see like that. Uh, and I don't know how much the Mets actually gave up to get Naquin. Like, like you said, neither of us are kind of prospect guys. So we'll kind of leave that one alone. But in redraft leagues, like I think honestly, in 15 teamers, even Naquin is, is a drop. I just don't see the playing time being there for him enough of it to uh to make that worthy so that that's the bummer and i think we'll probably talk about a couple potential reds trade targets later on i think any reds hitter that gets moved at the deadline it's a bad move for their fantasy value for those exact same reasons the park and just i mean we're both big proponents of of decent fantasy players that are decent players that rack up plate appearances on bad teams. That's no longer going to be the case once these guys move to contenders and uh, have to kind of fight for playing time. Yeah, it's going to stick. Like we saw what happened to Jesse Winker right at the gate, even before the season, you saw projection sites take into the account, leaving great American small park. And uh, obviously Seattle's a big difference, but uh, it's not much different in Queens, to be honest. And you just look at roster resource and the lock can change, but you already have Nemo, uh, Starling Marte and Mark Connor in the outfield. You have Naquin on the bench. Naquin will potentially like platoon with maybe a Mark Connor or something, but you'd have to imagine Nemo and Marte are pretty much out there. So it's going to drain his value a, in a big way, not just the ballpark, just playing time in general. So going from hitting in the middle of the order in the most hitter friendly home run ballpark in baseball to a platoon player is definitely less than ideal. So I had him in a lot of leagues and he will be getting dropped this weekend. So that's a, that's a big bummer. This is what happens on the trade deadline. There's goods and there's bads. This was a bad one for fantasy value in a big, big way. Um, this is a, a crappy one because everyone was pumped for Max Meyer getting called up uh, recently. Well, he left his last start and now he's having Tommy John surgery. So big, big bummer there. Um, obviously, you can drop him now and you probably don't have to worry about him until 2024. But um, we keep talking about the Marlins. You know, we like Braxton Garrett. They got Edward Cabrera coming back. We didn't know where all these pitchers were going to go, but it looks like we might have some more uh, clarification on that now. Yeah, I mean, it, it anytime like a prospect like this goes down, I mean, it it just sucks. And and like you said, Bubba, the timing. I mean, the timing is kind of a double-edged sword with Meyer. Like, I don't think we see him again until 2024. Uh, just given, like, I'd be I'd be shocked if he came back early um, and 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 pitched the end of 2023. So from that aspect, like it's rough. We're not going to see the guy for two years. That said, he will be 18, I think, if my math is somewhat correct, 18 months removed from Tommy John surgery by roughly opening day 2024. So maybe Meyer is kind of a full go at that point. But yeah, just kind of hope for the best. Uh, definite like Dustin May vibes there. Um, yeah. You just never want to see that from a prospect. And just the, the fantasy angle, like a lot of wasted fab money on max meyer this uh season because of that but big big bummer big big bummer another big bummer and we kind of talked about it last week with mike trout where like the reports kept getting kind of murkier and weirder and it got even weirder this week i didn't think it it could be yeah like like we already like oh there's no timeline and now it's he has like a rare back 
condition or disorder and there is no timetable for like even like a plan to get going again this is bad like to the point where it's so hard to drop mike trout but i really don't think he's playing again this year like this is a weird one right like i'm not gonna tell anybody to drop mike trout because that's one like you never know he could wake up in a week and he's back in two weeks because it's a condition it healed because it's weird we don't know it sounds like it's way worse than that so i don't know what your thoughts are on this so so a couple of things like yeah the article came out and you know there's the update on trout and there were words in there like no timetable there were words in there like this may affect him for the rest of the career for his career which is just like that's that's just scary stuff yep. and then you had trout come out i don't know a couple hours later and say this is you know my phone's been blowing up like people texting me like i've 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 died and i'm done and did they like, hang his jersey up like the white Sox did like the eloy yes like <laughs> eloy part two and so i don't know the player is always going to be more optimistic i think than the team and the reports and that sort of thing um i actually have mike trout in my main event and so i've got to make this decision this weekend what what i'm leaning towards with trout is keeping him for one more week so the 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 timetable here is trout got a cortisone injection in his back about a week ago and they say that it takes about two full weeks for that thing to take effect. So I just want to see, like, once the cortisone shot takes full effect, it's been two weeks, is Mike Trout doing baseball activities or is it still kind of no timetable next week? Just because, like, I know you don't want to play scared and and, and be nervous of your drops, but I, I, I can't, can't reconcile, unless a couple more guys go down for me this week in my main, I can't reconcile dropping Trout right nope. now. I'd probably give him one more week just to see what happens once that cortisone has taken its full course, but it's it's rough. Yeah, that's kind of like, I'm not going to say to do it, but I'm nervous as I'll get up. Like it's It yeah, just and, has the feelings kind of like last year where it just like never got better. It just feels like, and the Angels aren't getting any better, so why push it again it's getting well and that's the yep and that well that's the exact same thing with last year then last year it sounded like with the ankle that he or the ankle the calf that he was pretty much ready to go in september and there was no reason to push it so um yep i'm worried i mean and and i say this but i I may have to drop trout i mean it just all depends on injuries and and how many of these trade deadline guys i i want to take it's um it's not a not a fun decision no, it's not. It's a, a knock on wood. I'm glad I don't have him this year, but uh, I hate to have that decision. Let's put it that way. I'd hate to have it. All right. Uh, this one stings, and I get it, especially the Dodgers who are just loaded with options with Andrew Heaney coming back and just they're just getting healthier, which stinks. But uh, Mitch White, he hasn't been great. He hasn't been horrible. He's just not striking dudes out, which surprised me. Like he was striking guys out of the minors, he wasn't dominating them here. He got sent back down to AAA. It's the guy I picked up in a lot of leagues. Didn't break the bank for it, thank God, because I got him like a week early. But um, he's back in AAA, and I think this is one of those where you might see him come back and forth from time to time, but he's definitely uh, not worth rostering to me, obviously, in AAA at this point in time. Right. Yeah, Mitch White's not the guy you 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 stash in hopes that he comes back up, which I think I think White will. I, I, LA is going to need just some innings fillers over these last two months. But right now it is kind of that combination of a roster squeeze with Heaney coming back with Dustin May about to come back maybe in another week or two. And that combination with Mitch White, like you said, Bubba, like recently uh, he had four starts in July, 8% swinging strike rate, 6% K minus walk. Like you never want to see those numbers in single digits. So the effectiveness kind of waned 
with Mitch White. Um, I think this is just kind of clearing some room on the roster. And like I said, I expect him to be back at some point, but not worth stashing at all. And even when he comes back up, it might just be like a kind of a long relief for three and three to four innings at a time kind of a deal. 100%. And that's kind of a bummer, but a name I'd still remember for next year if I was people. Just keep keep that name in mind because eventually I think we will see production from him uh, going forward. If not, yeah, you can be wrong. Um, Garrett Cooper wanted to bring this up, went to the IL, but there is no designation of an injury. So it appears to be COVID related. So uh, that's the assumption because there's no injury designation. So I just want to bring it up because that means he could be back like any day, all with the new rules. So just keep that in mind if you have Garrett Cooper rostered anywhere. Um, I don't know if full panic mode is ready to set in just yet. I'm glad you brought that up because I made that mistake of just seeing IL and it, it feels like this is the 12th time Garrett Cooper's been on the IL this year. That's why I wanted to bring it up because like, I was just like, oh, he got hurt again. Exactly. Like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just Garrett Cooper being Garrett Cooper. But um, that's that's a good piece of info. You always at least want to just click that link and see what it is, because if it is COVID related, they could come back. I know Mike Moustakis has been on the COVID IL yeah. three or four times this, oh, this year. Man. So maybe That's it's uh, one of those. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what it is. But yeah, he might like literally Cooper could be back this weekend. So you just hopefully it's for the best. Um, Giancarlo Stanton went to the IL with tendonitis in his Achilles. I think they said he's going to be out about two to four weeks potentially. And the, the one thing is like I'm a big guy. He's a big guy. He's big in muscular ways. I'm big just because I'm big. Um, but one thing I can tell you is your lower limbs, like where your Achilles are, um, a lot of weight on that when it's hurt is not a good thing. So um, he's going to need to heal that up properly before he he can't come back early is what I'm trying to say. So I would look, I would err on the side of the longer time off is what I'm trying to say with Giancarlo Stanton, if that makes sense. That does. And you just tack on the fact that the Yankees probably don't need to push it with him and yeah. shouldn't. I mean, Stanton was, he was, he was struggling awesome. in a big way. Uh, oh, yeah. Like right before, like the, maybe the week before um, Achilles, he's been great this year. Um, you just wonder like, has, how long has that thing been, been lingering? But I guess this is why they made the Benintendi move um, yeah. just to get, get another body there yeah. in the outfielder. And I guess long live Joey Gallo. For now, but uh, I, I agree with you too. Like, I, I think I would always um, go for the longer end of that estimate, given that, uh, given those contextual factors with Stan. A couple did you knows that I heard on uh, TV today, as just for fun segments here. Um, two things regarding the Yankees, I think they're like 66 and 33 or something right now, like some ridiculous record. Um, they're like, uh, I think they said it was like 19 and 19 over the last 38 games, but they're still like. 12 games in first place because they're that good. So that I just thought that was impressive how good they are. But the big did you know that shocked me? It is July 28th. Do you know how many home runs Jock Peterson has hit in the month of July? I'll go zero. Zero. Yeah. Zero. When they said that on the, his first at bat tonight, I had to literally look it up on fan graphs because I he had such a monster June that you just kind of still think, you know, he, he's crushing it. And I know it hasn't been as good. I'm, I'm I'm not oblivious to that, but zero home runs in July. I believe it. Also on my main event team, which not surprisingly is starting to tank. But yeah, it's uh, actually Peterson. He he played Thursday night. I mean, the Giants just don't have bodies anymore. But he's he looked terrible against lefty Justin yep. Steele in a couple at bats. But um, I, I'm going to one up you even more. Um, and this okay. is just me venting. Bubba, on your little fun facts, did you know? I'm going back to the Yankees here. So what's the Yankees record? Like, what, 66 and 33? 33 or something like that, yeah. 
How many wins does a 350 ERA? Oh, Jordan don't get Montgomery me started. This is the guy I vented Jordan on. Jordan Montgomery have yeah, on that three. 66. He has three wins. He has three wins because he's three he was wins, my, one of my bold predictions on Potapalooza this week, and I was like, he's gonna have, he's gonna end the season with at least ten wins. He's gonna have seven wins in the second half. Um, yeah, it's not gonna happen. No run. Yeah, I said he's getting the Matt Cain treatment. Wow, this is what good pull. Pull. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's fair. Completely yeah, fair. He's getting the mat. He pitches great and gets no runs. Support. Jacob Degrom. If people want more recent terminology, this is what it is. It's uh, and it's like and 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 sometimes I get like like Sandy Alcantara. Like <laughs> the Marlins' offense is terrible, so like you kind of get it. Montgomery, like that's not a bad offense at all. That's a knockout bullpen. Like every other contextual factor is there. Montgomery a couple times didn't you know not a couple times, but earlier in the season, maybe didn't go third time through the order that often, got the early hook. But, like, that's really hard to do to have a 350 ERA on a 66-win team in July and have three wins. So yeah. I feel better now that I'm getting this. We're, we're way yes. off the rails. Hey, but uh, No, this it, is it what it's all about. Vent. Let's vent. It's vent. It's it's <laughs> necessary. You know, we started with Mike Trout woes and just keep it coming. It's yeah. it's okay. It's what we're here for. Uh, you can get more of this at First Pitch Arizona in November. Um, yeah, more intensity <laughs> after a couple uh, couple pops will be good. Um, all right. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, Mike Zunino, Kevin Kiermeyer both out for the season. Just wanted to bring that up because a team that's, you know, they went and traded for Betancourt. You have Betancourt and Mejia behind the dish. Um, and Mejia's been banged up a bit too, so keep that in mind. And then the revolving doors in the outfield. Margot's still out for a while. So at least it might shore up some playing time for likes of Luke Rayleigh and others. So uh, any thoughts on Tampa Bay? Their lineup they put out today was impressive, to say the least. Yeah, they're starting to fall apart, man. Um, I mean, Bethencourt, like, he, he, he's probably rostered in most leagues, but he's obviously the primary guy there now is with Zunino officially out. Still still got, going back to last week, still got the Mighty Quinn on, on their roster. Um, going to get to play a lot, it sounds like it 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 does sound like i mean he's one of the few like righty bats or i guess he's a switch hitter but they platoon so much that that could work not recommending roman quinn but um yeah it's it's a tough tough stretch of injuries there in tampa that's going to be tough for them to to go very far in the postseason uh given that and kind of the workload on a lot of their starters is starting to pile up too so no doubt about it um the atlanta braves adam duvall a wrist injury had surgery out for the remainder of the season, most likely. So that was a big bummer to them. He's actually starting to hit the ball like the last week or two, which was surprising. But they have that embarrassment of riches. You know, Eddie, Eddie R., the Eagle, was back. Uh, you still have Guillermo Heredia, who's not a bad fourth outfielder. They might make a trade because that's what they do. Like, it's not the end of the world, but Duval done for the season, most likely. Disappointing year after that, like, 115 RBI season last year. But, yep. yeah. Done. And then last but not least, Steven Matz. Uh sprained MCL oh. out is his first appearance back from the IL, I believe, maybe second. And then now he's gonna be out for an extended period of time, was the answer I saw. <laughs> so uh when I hear sprained MCL, Steven Matz about two months of the season left. Maybe the postseason here returns. That's my guess, maybe. Yeah, and you just you wonder like the push off with the knee, or I, I'm not actually I'm not sure if it's put if it's push knee or his land knee, but either way, like there's going to be issues there. But yeah, you're right. Like Stephen Matz, and I was all excited. I, I had stashed Stephen Matz. I have been we've talked about Matz a couple times on the pod, just as somebody who had a terrible ERA, but actually pretty good, pretty good skills. Had 19 whiffs, seven strikeouts, and five and a third innings in his first return, and then it all went away. Um, yeah. He's yeah, he's a drop if if. If you needed me to tell you that, just given how long he's out. 
and the irony, the last piece of venting before we get into our weekly vent of our picks. Um, there will on, be no venting of my. Not picks. for you, not for you this week, no. But uh, Potapalooza, I did the bold predictions piece. It was the third segment the entire Saturday, and um, baseball Jimbo, Jamie Sneed from uh, he's over in like I believe Britain over there. He was on the show. Amazing, the accent, everything, absolutely amazing. He was at a friend's picnic. His first full prediction was that Steven Matz was going to basically have like a monster That's second right. half. Yeah. I, <laughs> yep. So good. <laughs> so good. So, like, when that thing came, the alert came across, I just like quote tweeted it to him. And I'm just like, we're off to a good start, boys. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. It was so much fun. That was probably one of the crazier, most fun segments I've ever been. I recommend people go check that out. That was pure, way too much laughing took place on that segment. It was, it was good. Good. Might not have shout got out, right shout, out, shout cool. out, Justin, real quick. Yes, Just shout, yes. shout out Justin and Danielle for, I think, raising over $3,000. Yep. So yeah. uh, I was signed up and then I had to bail because of the, because of yeah. the potty training situation that, that we talked about mm-hmm. last week. And, and looking back, like, yeah, like friends picnic, I probably could have recorded and, 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 Maybe violated some child child laws by doing that, but I would have kept the kid out of the the video. But it would have been kind of fun to watch me try and record and juggle your kids potty training with the video. Yeah, no, it's all good. It was a great cause as always for uh, Potapalooza. Looking forward to it once again next year. But what I am looking forward to is redeeming myself off of last week's picks because uh, Ryan took me to school. Took me to school. Stephen Kwan had the best Love week that. of any pick so far this season. The best. Bloodbath. Um, yeah, it wasn't even close. At least uh, Cutter Crawford was okay, but uh, this was a shellacking in the best way possible. Yeah, eight. So that's that's a that's a league record. Eighteen runs plus RBIs plus. That's more than your whole season combined, by the way. Uh, that that is that is a lot more. <laughs> My whole season combined, I've had twelve from Haseon Kim, Caesar Hernandez, Josh Smith, and Jace Peterson. So thank you, Stephen Kwan, who actually homered and had like three RBI. Like it was just one of those, one of those, one of those weeks. So um, yeah, you, you that hit was the, you hit the gold great. mine. You hit it. I did. And, and then, then your pitcher, uh, even even Dean Kramer came through for you. He got me the K's. He came through. Cutter Crawford was, a, I think, a fine pick, and actually pitched really well tonight. It didn't um, get the strikeouts. Got a couple tonight, K's, so. but still yeah. pitched pretty well. But um yeah your josh harrison pick actually looked good but then uh, that's kind of what i not predicted but uh worried about with harrison is just he's old and yep yep double headers and that sort of thing so i think he got hurt in the middle of the weekend he got hurt yeah yeah it wouldn't have mattered he could have played at all four games he wouldn't have mattered kwan was on another level another level this weekend yeah so We'll see how that goes, but uh, what do you got for us this week? Is um, I will say this much: pitching's garbage when it comes to streaming this week, at least on NFC formats. Uh, under our rules, it's garbage this week. Yeah, it it it, and actually, we had to delay the recording a little bit because I had to find and pick my pitcher to to pick for this week. I I I ended up going with um, with Ian Anderson, who gets the Diamondbacks on Saturday. This may be Ian Anderson's swan song in the Atlanta rotation mm-hmm. for right now, but I think he can actually get some K's against that that Arizona team, which isn't, you know, obviously the best lineup out there and kind of have very little to play for at this point. Ian Anderson, for all of his struggles, his deficiencies, it has all been control related. Um, a 12% walk rate in July, 11% in June. The strikeouts have kind of been there. The the, the whiffs have definitely been there. Uh, 12% swing strike on the season, 14% in June. 
When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And then back to 12 in July. So I'm just kind of banking on the whiffs to continue to be there and just kind of hope that the control is at least passable to get Ian Anderson five or six innings, which could net him five or six Ks. That's 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 the general thought. But it was it was it was a very difficult week to to pick pitching this weekend. Yeah, the person I picked, I would never roster with a 10 foot pole. Let's put it that way. I guess this is a tough one. The only thing with Ian Anderson is what I'll mention is um, I wrote him up recently for a like, sell low part of a column. Um, you mentioned the, the walk rates and the strikeout rates. He has like an 8% K to walk over his last like four starts. It's been mm-hmm. bad, like really yep. bad for him. So this might be a swan song, as you mentioned, but he's still getting the strikeouts. So we'll see. Uh, my pick, like I'm not, pitching is by far my worst. Like hitting, I usually do well in pitching, not so much. You've owned me in pitching this year. Um, I went with Andre, Andre Palante or Payante of the St. Louis Cardinals going up against the Washington Nationals, hopefully a team with fewer players than they have right now as we speak. Let's go with that angle first, a team that's offensively challenged, which I think we can all agree upon there. Um, and the thing with Palante, I'm probably saying it wrong, he has at least four strikeouts and four straight starts. He doesn't go super deep into games, but he's getting strikeouts. So I'm going to go with uh, that angle that in the month of July, he's at least getting strikeouts. He's getting whiffs. So that's what we're shooting for here. We're not looking for the quality starts. We're not looking for all those goodies. He's given up 16 runs in 18 in the third innings, but he's also struck at 18. He has a 287 XFIP, though. So, quote unquote, hmm. maybe getting unlucky. We'll see. But um, it's not pretty, like only a 7.9% swinging strike rate. I'm not going to like run home to that. Uh, it does have a 16.1% K to walk, which is not bad. It's not great. So I'm just hoping for like four to five Ks and praying Ian Anderson gets shelled. That's all I'm looking for because the options are bad. The one thing, I'll, the caveat I'll tell people, you play on something besides an FPC because our rules is less than 50% rostered. So it's pretty bleak this week. And a lot of aces going this weekend. Um, if you're playing like on Yahoo or something, a lot of these guys are low on like Aaron Ashby still in like 30%. Uh, he's going this weekend. There's a bunch of dudes that are like 40% or less over on Yahoo. So don't just completely just not pay attention to the weekends, what I'll tell you. But for our game, it was very bleak. And the other thing too, like just takeaways, because I, I don't know how many people care about our actual picks. Uh, maybe maybe at, at first pitch they will, because we've got some skin in the game here. But the, I think the takeaway is like, you don't need to start these bad pitchers if you yes. don't have to. Like for I, I picked up Evan Phillips in my uh, main event last week for the kind of short week coming off the break. Had two wins, three appearances, and a few Ks. Like that, that's going to help you so much more than some of these lower bottom fees. Like a Michael Givens this week, and we'll probably talk about him later in the show. Those kinds of guys who are pitching seventh, eighth inning, who 
you kind of get the double whammy of probably decent ratios. Maybe you luck into a win or save or something, but they kind of double as a save spec. And maybe after the trade deadline, they, they fall into that closer role. So um, I think that's kind of the main takeaway on the pitching side this weekend, heading into heading into fab as Patrick wisdom goes deep. Because, because Jock, I, cause I think I can, I think I could jump higher than Jock Peterson right there. Goodness gracious. Not athletic. Man. Oh my not athletic. God. That was embarrassing. But, White uh, man can't jump apparently. No, Whew. but that's, that's the, that's the main kind of, I think theme I take of this weekend is uh, start, start stacking those safe specs. Most definitely. Speaking of uh, stacking, because pitching is what it is. Who's your hitter this weekend? So he's he's, he's the next Stephen Kwan, man. Yep. Um, no, I it's, don't hate it's, this. It's Kevin Biggio. Uh, I think just more matchup based. Toronto has our easiest, by far, Baseball HQ's easiest matchup rating as a team for hitters this weekend. They get three against Detroit, and it's all uh, Detroit righties. So it's it's Garcia, it's Hutchison, and it's, I keep G Hill. I want to say Grant Hill, but uh, obviously not Grant Hill. It's Garrett Hill going on Sunday for Detroit. So like that combination of terrible pitching on the from the right side, I'm going to go Kevin Biggio in that lineup that uh, is starting to get pretty, pretty hot right now. So. Yep, I don't hate that at all. I'm going Homer here because I pivoted at the last minute. We'll see how it goes, but I want Austin Slater because I added him everywhere this week because they placed four lefties. He gets one more lefty this weekend, yeah. but he's actually starting still and leading off first righties as well. More often than not, he's hitting righties like almost at a 400 clip since he started playing every day, just not hitting for power, but he's getting on. He's stealing bags. Uh, Lamont Wade might start from time to time at, uh, leading off, but Slater's getting the starts, so I'll take that. He gets Drew Smiley on Saturday which is always a nice one. Plus it's Will Clark retirement number night. So, you know, Slater will go deep on that one, but um, yeah, I'm going to go with Austin Slater, hoping he can get on and do some damage. He already had, I think a RBI double tonight and uh, off of Justin Steele. So um, I went Austin Slater looking for that leadoff guy, getting those extra ABs. I wanted Tyler Naquin so bad, but the, um, the Reds just, the Reds did Reds things. Yeah, screwed, screwed up all the fun. That would have been a beautiful one, but uh, yeah, Austin Slater for me. Cool. That's interesting on Slater because I was going to ask you because I, I figured I saw your pick and I was like, oh, they must be at least a couple lefties, but only the one lefties um, and and or only the one lefty. Sorry, but you kind of answered that question before. And actually, Mike Curlin just chimed in in the chat. Slater's only started one of the last three right handed pitching, but did oh, that, so that change. So. Of course, it changed this week. The week I picked him up everywhere because before that he was playing like every day. But Mike Curlin, the man that does uh, reports on lineups all the time, he would know much more than me. Because as a Giants fan, I can't even sit and watch these games. Thank um, you, Curlin. I, yeah. I, I, you just put better odds on on, on me winning this week. So. It's okay. It's okay. He'll pinch hit home runs versus the lefty bullpen of uh, the Cubs. They probably don't even, they probably don't even have a lefty reliever. I, I just the, I just jinxed the entire thing. So uh, it, it'll be glorious. But um, yeah, let's just see what happens. It's, I, I'm, I've been bad at this game. I blame it all on the Reds. I blame it all on the Reds. It's all their fault this week. But speaking of trades. Let's do some trade preview. This will be fun because, you know, we could predict where trades go, but I think it's more fun to say, okay, these guys are probably getting traded. How do we fill those holes? I think that's the important part. We can't really all predict where they're going to go, but it's a great exercise you, you you brought up that let's not worry about the end result on one side. Let's figure out the result on the other side, which we can already plan for now, which I think is a much wiser move because in reality, most of these bad teams trading guys aren't going to get too many major league ready players to fill that spot. So they're going to have to fill it within house more often than not. Uh, so that's definitely a good point to bring up. So 
we'll go around the diamond or around the league, I guess. And you highlighted it. MLB trade rumors has a great article. It's the main targets to go off of there that you're hearing everywhere. And um, let's start with the Cubs bullpen. David Robertson has been really good this year. He's likely to get dealt. Michael Gibbons has been sneaky good of late. I heard Greg Jewett recently say he's probably going to get dealt as well. If he doesn't, he makes the most sense to fill in because he's actually filled in this last week. Uh, most of the time, not every time, because you got a guy listed here that actually got a save this past week. But um, there are some good options. And I even mentioned, uh, I'll give you the floor here, but Efros is the other guy you mentioned. And I, uh, I mentioned him on a, a recent podcast as well. I was adding him, or he was in my waterfalls for a dollar. I didn't get far enough to him, but I think he's a definite one. So what's your thoughts on the Chicago bullpen, Mr. Bloomfield? It's so tricky, man, because like, yeah, I think we can all agree David Robertson is probably gone and should be like they're cashing Robertson out at optimal value right now with a 183 RA with a 0.99 whip like you make that move the question is how deep are the Cubs going to go because Givens is a free agent at the end of the season so he's basically just a rental as well so I don't know if but I will lay out the two scenarios if it's only Robertson who is dealt I Givens is the guy Given's got the save earlier. He's pitched earlier this week. He's pitched fantastic. If Givens is dealt, it's going to be tricky between Rowan Wick and Scott Efros. Like like you mentioned Efros, Bubba. Efros has been by far, like not even close to a better pitcher. The problem is Rowan Wick has closed for Chicago in the past. Like I I can't say without any any certainty really that it's going to be Efros over Rowan Wick if – Givens and Robertson are dealt but what I can do is at least side with the skills and say Rowan Wick even if he got the job could be out of it within a week or two anyway so take the skills if it's a 50-50 kind of toss up like that go with Scott Efros pick him up I would I would still prioritize Givens over Efros but there's a very real chance that both Givens and Robertson are dealt this weekend so or on, I guess on Tuesday is Tuesday. the uh, actual trade deadline yeah, if you just look at the roster resources uh, closers chart, like Saturday, Robertson got the win. Um, Givens pitched the 10th, or no, pitched at one of the late innings. But then on Sunday, Efros and Martin got holds. Robertson got the save. On Monday, Efros got the save. Givens blew the save, got the win. So he would have <laughs> got the save. Tuesday, Givens got the save. So technically, Givens could have back-to-back saves. Yep. And Efros got kind of the courtesy save. His first year, he's got 12 holds, which leads the bullpen. So they trust him in the high-leverage situations. Long way of saying, I think it's Givens for sure. But if not, I, I would go with Efros. The only reason why, besides the experience for Wick, the Cubs are so damn cheap. If they give Efros any argument to get paid more money in any future arbitration hearing, they won't do it. So it's like, we've already given Wick the closer's role. What do we have to lose? Like, go throw him back out there. It is what it is. Let's just keep Efros as a late inning guy going forward and, and figure it out from there. That would not surprise me either. So glad you, glad you, just a quick aside, glad you did that walkthrough, Bubba. Of, and that's what, if we're kind of teaching people how to evaluate bullpens, that's exactly what you should do is go back and roster resource has this stuff. Go back through the last five, seven days or whatever of those bullpen um, usage patterns and and see what you can find see who was put in the save situation um more so than just even looking at the uh the results themselves so that was a that was a really good walkthrough no problema sticking with the cubbies wilson Contreras. he was uh, emotional leaving wrigley field the other night and uh i think it's because he got to go play in the best ballpark in baseball now in san francisco but maybe it's because he's last game in wrigley i don't know but um there's a great chance i'd say like better than 95% chance he's getting traded. But there's always a slim chance he doesn't because things can happen. 
but you have young gomes you have pj higgins like <laughs> would you be shocked if they traded gomes too for some reason if someone came calling probably not I so that, um yeah. i think he stays but Contreras is gone so where do you go there like gomes has actually been serviceable so that's something yep i mean that that's where you go i mean it's easy to kind of crack on on yon gomes but like I mean, he has no play patience at all, but 15% K rate, like he's putting the ball in play. And in five by five Roto, where you're not playing in OBP leagues, it's just batting average. I always make this case like walks are honestly kind of like a bad thing. It's a missed opportunity, especially if, if, if it's a guy who does not run and can't take advantage of those walks with the stolen bases. Uh, but getting back to, Jan Gomes, I mean, he's only hitting 221. He's got five homers. He's got some pop, um, at least has had some pop in the past and really low BABIP this year. So uh, projections have him around 245 the rest of the season for Jan Gomes as a second catcher. And that's really the the space we're living in here right now. That, that'll that play, especially you kind of you, you double up the playing time with Wilson Contreras out. So um, Jan Gomes is a service, serviceable second catcher, which – I don't know, in two-catcher leagues, it, it works. In years past, I have – I'll r- raise my hand. I have rostered Jan Gomes in two-catcher leagues. Like, it's oh, not yeah. been – like, he's been – it's nothing flashy, but when he's out there, he produces. So, like, he it's was, not the he worst was, thing. I mean, early – he's had a weird career. In 2014, yep. that was his third season. His first full season, really, in the majors. Hit 278 with 21 homers. Like, he was a top-five catcher going yep. into 2015. And he's, um, he's had he's had streaks where he plays really well, and then like he platoons, and then he plays really well, and he platoons. It's a weird career he's had, but I guess longevity for him, so that's always good. Um, an interesting one to me, I didn't really realize this was going to happen because he still has two years of options left. So I was kind of surprised by this, yeah. but everyone's like Ian Happ. They're saying he's gone. Like he was getting the swan song too, not just not just Wilson Contreras the other day at Wrigley. And I guess it's, you know, sell him at his peak and he's got extra years. So maybe they have to pay more for him in a trade. I just figured I, I don't see teams paying a bunch for Ian Happ, power, speed, middle of the pack, batting average type guy. But uh, he could be gone. That's an interesting one. Cause I, I, I saw it even before this article, like I, they, they were talking about it and it just kind of surprised me that he would be gone. But if he leaves, the outfield situation is bleak in yeah. Chicago. That's that's the thing. Like we're we're just kind of looking for any kind of any fill in with a pulse here, and and maybe like Nelson Velazquez gets gets regular run in the outfield if Ian Happ is dealt. Which I'm kind of with you, man. Given like the the years of control on Happ, it doesn't really make sense for the Cubs to to dump him. But I don't know if they do. I, I still like Nelson Velazquez, 32 percent K rate, and just doesn't have. Um, you know, a whole lot to bring from the speed side. I guess he did steal like seven. Actually, no, he's stolen 12 bases in the minors this season, which um, is actually interesting. One of the things that uh, this is not totally related, but like there's been some kind of not rumors, but whispers on the minor leagues with the pitch clock, how much that has been affecting. Oh, minor they could time when they're going to take their jumps. That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. And it could actually be an issue or not an issue, like something to consider next season. So I have That's heard a from a point. few smart people that have looked at, and this came up actually with the estuary. I'm not estuary. Ruiz was like, yeah, how, how big of that grain of salt do you take with that minor league stolen base? That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of semi-unrelated, but like Nelson Velasquez, he's got a 15% barrel rate in 76 plate appearances, so maybe there's some pop there, but the K rate that has been 35 36% in the minors 
this season, that's not going to get much better in the majors. So I'm pretty much yeah. out on any kind of Cubs replacement. It's going to be a rough outfield there the rest of the season if they do have yeah, whoever it is might be like an NL only dollar bid type guy. Like, yeah, yeah he gets at bats. Come on down. They're all valuable there. Yeah. Um, the Kansas City Royals, this one makes a lot of sense if they can get the right return. Uh, Whit Merrifield, you know, it's not the year you'd be hoping from Whit, but it's still serviceable, a little bit of pop, still got some speed. Maybe on a better team would change things. It's been a down season, but he's very affordable. And we know he can play infield, he can play outfield. A lot of contenders could use a player like Whit Merrifield, a lot. So, this one I could see happening. Just I don't know who. I couldn't tell you, but there's a lot of contenders that could use a, a Whit Merrifield. So this could be an interesting move in the next few days. Yeah, and for this is this is one where like where where Merrifield goes if he does go, of course, uh, could alter his fantasy value just because. I mean, is is the team going to let him run? I mean that that is that that is Whit Merrifield's value as a fantasy player. And, and he has had that green light for years in Kansas city. And so you just, you just wonder, but that's all, I mean, really we're, we would be lying to you if we really had any idea where Whit Merrifield is going to go. I would even say like, Oh, he's probably not going to go to an ALA East team given the vaccination status and all that, but that didn't stop Andrew Benintendi getting traded to the Yankees. So um, I don't even know if that's in play anymore either yeah. so they, 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 keep an eye they on. said uh I, I don't sorry to interrupt you but they said no. um the jays were the runner-up in that so the vaccination was not an issue with that one hmm. yeah they were the second like if the yankees didn't pull it they almost had a deal in place that sent them to, to toronto and i'm just like oh gotcha okay we see how this game gets played uh so yeah i wouldn't worry about it with wit either it sounds like if there's a chance to win a title they'll take a shot so I, that's, that's what it sounds like with these boys um but and also like, I have, yeah who knows and on the kansas city side like at second base i don't There's, i don't know who they throw out there it's gotta be someone in the minors maybe maybe we get out of birth back who knows no, i'm just kidding it won't be mj melendez i don't think no i don't think it'll be Vinny p i don't think it'll be Vinny p either yeah i don't think we're having italian breakfast at second base don't think it's happening it'd be fun so, to watch it would be out like dude they could build a, a softball team like i've seen guys my size play shortstop and softball so they could they could build a softball team out there that would be in, entertaining for sure um let's go to cincinnati another move that definitely should be happening any day now luis castillo uh probably pitched his last game for the reds uh recently tyler molly is another guy that could go but luis castillo for sure should be gone this is a move that could have happened the last couple years but this definitely makes sense to happen and, and the scary thing is it sounds like the yankees are the front runners which guess what they need more pitching but um castillo is going to go which just opens up another spot in cincinnati a team that has some sketchy pitching to begin with yeah and this is one like i mean you can't really do anything about it as a castillo manager you know you're going to get a bump in value just because the team context in cincinnati with the the run support and obviously the park um has been terrible so luis castillo gets gets a big bump huge shout out to uh tanner smith by the way who wrote an excellent if we have any if any of you guys are hq subscribers out there check out tanner smith's deep dive into Luis Castillo. Um, I kind of, we, I, I put this in my article last week, but Castillo who has been known for having like the best changeup in baseball for years and a really good slider. Those two pitches have been terrible for him this season. And the fastball has been like the best fastball in the majors. So Tanner kind of digs into that kind of, that's, that's his jumping off point as to, as to why Castillo is doing that and why he's succeeding with the heater. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty eye opening stuff. 
yeah, no, it was a great article as usual. He just puts together amazing stuff. Um, I guess the things you can take away from this is it's Hunter Green's going nowhere. That that's for sure. Uh, even though his struggles are there, but right now they have a six man rotation technically. Uh, so if you lose Luis Castillo, it is what it is. I could see at some point this year we see a little Justin Dunn back up yep. in the bigs. That's one that. I was really excited to see before he got traded to Seattle in the Jesse Winker deal. I mean, to Cincinnati from Seattle in the Jesse Winker deal. Um, there were some good improvements last year at times. The minors have been kind of iffy this year, but I could see him getting a little September run to get some more big league action. But I don't think there's anything that's going to jump off the page right now. Nope. It, that, that's what I was going to say is Justin Dunn. And even like Hunter Green, I don't think Hunter Green's pitching the the, the full season. True. I, I, yeah. He's a, he's going to be a September shutdown guy. And yeah, they might just stick with a six-man to kind of limit the innings all around because Ladolo, right. Ashcraft, they're all young pitchers. They all are. So it could get real interesting real quick. Yeah, I think Justin Dunn has like an, over, an ERA over five in the minors this year. Not just to totally write him off, but you take that in Cincinnati. That's that's not a recipe for success. He does have the pedigree, like former first-round pick, and was pretty highly regarded prospect with Seattle, but it doesn't look like it's coming together this year. So he's not someone you're like fabbing this weekend to uh, to stash even in NL Owens. And maybe in a perfect world, because some of these guys should get a big return, maybe they get like a fourth, a caliber fourth MLB starter that becomes a somewhat streamable pitcher. You never know. Like Castillo is good enough to on the right team. Maybe he gets they get someone back that could fill in. But but uh, I wouldn't hold your breath type situation. Let's go to Washington. First question for you: Does Juan Soto get traded? So like I'm a big I'm a big muter on Twitter. <laughs> I don't like things. I don't blame so I you. put this thing out the other day. Uh, like I muted an emoji for the first time, the thread emoji. Oh, the thread emoji was funny. Somewhat semi tongue in cheek because there are some yeah. really good threads out there. So you're missing good info. I actually muted Soto after the word Soto after the um, All Star or after the home run derby, just because everything was just trade speculation. I thought to myself, like I'm I'm going to actually miss the trade itself if it does happen. So um, I don't know if anything. There's just so much at play with a Soto trade. Like, are they going to attach Corbin to a Soto deal? Is there an extension involved? If you're trading for Soto, you've only pretty much got two more years after this on his contract before you know you're going to have to pay him half a billion dollars uh, to stay with your team. That's so, the big part to me. Um, is you, so if many, you're, yeah. if you're unloading the, the minor league system, you better be paying him. Yep. Yep. That's my big kicker. Um, I'm trying to find you the latest offer I heard, and it's um, Padres are the front runners. Let's put it that way. But, um, it's a, it's a doozy, and I'm trying to find the actual names here. Um, it involves – I know it involves Mackenzie Gore. It involves C.J. Abrams. It involves um, – uh, oh, man, I'm going to butcher this. I had it pulled up earlier, and I lost it. It's basically their, their four top prospects. It's it's elite. Um, Mackenzie Gore, Adrian Morhone, uh, the pitcher. Yeah, yeah and, long lost. Yes. Yeah. And um, their top is it's not Hummel, but another one of the top uh, outfielders for the Padres. So it's uh, a loaded return, to say the least. So I could deal with that. I could. That's deal with a, that's a pretty fair deal for them. Okay, yeah. so we answered that question. Josh Bell, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz has been. I've dropped him in so many places, but uh, there's a chance they all go. Cruz should go. Uh, Bell makes sense if they can find a suitor. So how you fill in these holes? Because um, it's not pretty in Washington. 
again, if they make trades for like CJ Abrams, he'll start already and some other yeah. guys, but yeah, I don't know if they're viable either. So but, what do you got? That's yeah, that's so hard to predict. And like, yeah. so I, I, I guess maybe like the, the, the huge takeaway here. And actually I think the most important fantasy takeaway is pull up the next couple of weeks schedule for Washington and try and take a shot at which starters that are available on your wire are scheduled to face Washington, just because, you know, you know, probably Josh Bell is gone. I, I don't know how much they could actually get for Nelson Cruz right now, but yeah, I think they much. would try and trade him. Like that could be the ultimate streamers delight over these last two months of streaming against Washington. So really how I would play this is I don't really care where Soto goes from a fantasy standpoint. I don't really care where Josh Bell goes. Um, look at your Washington schedule the next couple weeks and try and align some rotation and maybe pick up an early stash and fab this weekend for very cheap before the trade deadline hits and before other people do this um, and see if you can kind of stack against the Nationals these next couple of weeks because that's going to be a horrid, horrid lineup that they're uh, throwing out there. Yeah, right now this weekend they got Mikolas, Hudson, Palante. Then it goes Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, <laughs> Bailey Falter, Ranger Suarez, Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson, Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman, and Drew Smiley. So yeah. So did I? Did I just recommend Bailey Falter? That's uh, that was the first thing that popped out because Scherzer, Degrom, Bassett are obviously taken. Might be Degrom's return to the Bigs. By the way, his first start back might be against the lovely Nationals. Bigs, Bigs, return to the Bigs in quotes there. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if that happens. But uh, yeah, Bailey Falter could be one. Oh man, that's good stuff. Yeah, Andrew Suarez, Nola, Kyle Gibson. That following yeah. me, Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman, Drew Smiley. So like, yeah. I, I mean, I'd throw Justin Steele against this Washington lineup in pretty much any format. He kind of got screwed again. We were talking about this before the pod. Screwed Thursday night defense wise with the Cubs, but Justin Steele is, is someone who I actually kind of like. So um, I don't know. Just 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 an idea there to uh, play. You know that, and that's what we're trying to. Trying to speculate. teach her is to just go ahead. Yep. The, the longer, the more you speculate, you may not, it may not work out. A lot of times it won't, but if you're speculating, it's a dollar or two bids and yes, you lose, but what do you lose? Buck or two and fab. And don't forget deal. people, you're talking to the Mr. Speculator right there. So uh, you got that going for you as well. That's right. um, Oakland athletics, they should be making a trade shortly for Frankie Montas. Who's been when, when healthy, still very, very good. Um, he's going to go to a contender. That's not going to change things for you. You're going to keep him. But when it comes to the Oakland situation, whew, holy vey. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, just uh, move on is what I would say. It's pretty yeah. much. Pretty yeah. much. I mean, it, it's. I've made fun of Zach Logue a few times. Um, still have some some scar tissue from rostering him a few times. I guess he's back in Triple A right now. But Zach Logue would, will be a part of the A's rotation when Montez gets dealt for better or for worse. Yep, he will be. He will be, that's for sure. Um, Detroit Tigers bullpen. Uh, Soto's been really good, but Soto, Fulmer, Chafin, they're all on the block to go. Uh, Joe Jimenez has been okay from time to time. Like, I'll pull up the uh, good old closer depth chart again so you can have an idea. It's not like they get a lot of save opportunities to begin with, but you'll get an idea of the usage pattern for Detroit here. It's uh, (laughs) Soto got the loss on – Yep, a couple of days ago, Fulmer got a win. There's been no saves over the last week, no holds over the last week. So it tells you everything you need to know about the Tigers, honestly. <laughs> and it was not the All Star break. So. No, no, they're just that's <laughs> See, the we Tigers, can't have that folks. excuse. 
No, and they um, pretty much stick to the main arms later in the game, too, if you pay attention to that as well. I mean, that's the kind of the good thing is Detroit is pretty structured in the pen. Like, I think Chafin's gone. So some Alex really, Lang. Alex Lang. Is that a name that interests you? That's not That's not a name. The, the name that interests me is, honestly, Joe Jimenez. Like, Joe Jimenez has quietly been, like, he was built up to be this stud, kind of the next Craig Kimbrell stud prospect closer right out of the gate and just completely – kind of fell on his face. He's Jimenez has fallen back to more of a mid relief role and is putting easily uh, putting together the best skills of his career. So if he did climb back into that Detroit uh, closer gig, again, you're betting on Soto getting dealt. You're, you're betting on Chafin getting dealt. Um, and you're also maybe betting on like three or four saves the rest of the way, given the state of affairs in Detroit. But Joe Jimenez is someone. And again, if it doesn't work out, you didn't lose really any fab and you could put him in your, on your team for a week and get two or three innings of really good ratios, which is what he's been providing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Jimenez has been on the Bubba's teams before, so it's not going to be the that's, first time. That's not, I assume in previous years, which yes, which, not this year, yes. which is not, it did not end well. That's for sure. Um, Trey boo boo. Trey boo boo is a good chance. He's leaving Baltimore because they hit his swan song on Thursday I love Trey. Trey, a big fan. Everyone loves the story, but I, uh, I, it sounds bad, but I was, I was calling him Trey Boo Boo before the uh, horrific cancer situation. I, mean, I, I was at a soft spot for Trey, and it looks like he's going to be leaving Baltimore, which hopefully means he goes to a better ball club, uh, even though Baltimore's been playing well. But um, what do you kind of see panning out there? Because he's DHing, so you can pretty much go anywhere with this one. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's, it's really hard to tell. Um which uh, who's going to fill in probably like a Tyler Nevin, not that, not that interested. Nevin's been playing kind of part-time against or pretty much full-time against lefties, but part-time overall Um, not a name. I'm really that interested in Uh, youth. Neil Diaz is someone who is, yep. He's in the minors. Like maybe they, maybe they give him a call, but uh, hitting 224 and AAA this year with three homers, three steals and 137 plate appearances. It's one of those where I I don't think you, you speculate here on a fill in in Baltimore. And that's okay to say, like you you don't want to wait. I mean, speculate elsewhere. Not every single fill in is worth your time. And if anything, if you guys are are in AL only or NL only leagues, then you can go speculate all you want. But uh, for most of our audience that play mixed leagues and you know, like their sanity, um, yeah, don't worry about them. Uh, closing situation, though, Jorge Lopez has been amazing. He's been really, really good this year. He should be traded unless they really think they're going to get it done. He's got two saves over the last week. Felix Bautista has been outstanding. Doubt they trade him. Never say never, as Feifel once said. So um, that would be the guy to go for. If it's not Felix Bautista, though, if he gets traded, where would you go? Uh, it is Felix Bautista. And well, I what would... if he gets traded is what I'm saying. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. Then, <laughs> then, then it gets ugly. Then it gets ugly. And honestly, like, I don't know. You're you're banking on both of those things happening. I just, I just don't see it happen. So yeah. I'm going to punt on that and say Felix Bautista or bus. Felix Bautista... Awesome. Should be on 15 teamers anyway right now. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, 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 and 12s is where you're probably speculating on the closer gig because that dude it's has been fantastic. Yeah, I was speculating on him this past week. Like him and then F. Ross, like those are the guys I was already putting bids on this past week because I think at least one of the two is going to have a job here pretty soon. Yeah. Speaking, of ba- yeah. speaking of Baltimore, if you did want to speculate, Curlin said shed long season. 
it's not the worst thing Herlin said because he said a lot of bad things before. So like, it's not bad. Um, Colorado, Daniel Bard has been very good. Good chance he gets dealt. Um, oh. Lucas Gilbreth has been very, very good. I'll say that much. But they have not been using him in the high leverage situations. It's been Estevez and Colome, which is not pretty either, Ryan. No, um, and even if like even if you're a bar manager, like you, I don't know, I could see this going off the rails. I think you just kind of cash out. You hope he gets traded, and that's your excuse to kind of drop him. I mean, you got your 20 saves. You're playing with house money at this point. Any other reliever in that bullpen, especially with Coors, and Coors is such a like. There's some nuance to Coors's. So shed long season, Mike Curlin just said it was a joke. So that's good because I shook my head when he said that. And then I kind of felt he's lying. He only did that because he shook your head. He got <laughs> caught. Don't listen to him. He's all about, he's a big shed long fan. Um, Colorado is just such, there's a lot of nuance to that park factor. Everyone kind of, I think this point knows it's not a huge home run park, but it's a batting average park. It's a major monthly park. And you do not want to be pitching in Colorado these next few months when the, um, when it's super dry and it's 90 degrees there. And, it's it's not a place you want to be. It's not a place you want to speculate for saves. Yeah, 100% with you on that one. So, yeah, and if wherever he gets traded to, not going to be the closer. So, yeah, he's going to be gone after that. A couple more quick ones here. Jose Quintana has been surprisingly good. He's had a couple hiccups his last couple but recently, but he's been pretty good. Uh, he's likely to get dealt. It makes total sense. Literally yeah. cash in whatever you can right now, Pittsburgh. Um, and so there's not a ton, but one name which – He's been bad this year, but I'd love to see him get a chance as Tyler Beatty, put him back in the rotation. Oh. It's been brutal, but I'd love to see him get another chance. Like, what do they have to lose? Uh, do you have any other options when it comes to soft, soft spot? I don't know if it'll be Beatty. Like, I don't know if he'll be stretched out enough, but uh, just kind of funny story. Everyone thinks of Bloomboards and Nate Evaldi. I started Bloomboards, I think, like in 2016, 2017. And Tyler Beatty was Nate Evaldi. Like he came up on every single board, just loved the stuff and just had that injury and derailed his career. I'd love to see Tyler Beatty come back outside of that. I I don't know. I don't know what they'll do with like Ronzi Contreras. They're going to be very um, conservative with Contreras. So I, I'm, I'm not fishing in that pool right now for Pittsburgh. And I agree. Like, where did this come from with Jose Quintana? This is, this is absolutely the time to, uh, cash that out yeah yeah cash out in a big big way uh pirates bullpen david bednar has been filthy it's weird it depends on where yeah. you listen like they're saying they're not going to deal him but then it makes sense to but he's got two options left so you got to get a good return otherwise it's not worth it that's a tricky one with bednar it really is it shouldn't be but it is that, so what's yeah. your thoughts on this that's the thing like i i i've read those reports too and i just think in general for a team in a total rebuild your closer offers very little to your actual team and if anything the additional years of control for bednar that should help his trade value like that makes him even more valuable on the trade market so So like i think pittsburgh has to make this move there's just there's not much of a reason to keep him there yeah, so. makes total sense. So, so do you buy into DeSantos or where are you going with that? Yeah, one? yeah, I totally buy into Yerry De Los Santos. That's been another guy again. Shout out Greg Jewett. They've been the over at Reliever Recon. They've been on De Los Santos for, for quite a while. Fantastic skills in a setup role. The only kind of question is will will Pittsburgh keep De Los Santos in that setup role just to kind of keep him comfortable? He's a 24-year-old. Um, but you 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 bank on these skills, 270 ERA. Like the peripherals are a little bit down, but um 
58% ground ball rate. You kind of combine that, uh, that strikeout rate with the ground ball rate. And that's, that's the ingredients you want for a pitcher. So Yuri De Los Santos is absolutely a, a priority in leagues this weekend for me and fab because yeah, I just think, yeah, I think yeah. Pittsburgh has to deal with that. I'm with you. And then I'll give you the floor on the last one based on the hashtag that you put in here. You have Miguel Andujar. I'll be I'll be I'll be 55 years old and 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 wanting to free Miguel Andujar. I just had that excellent rookie season. He even came up in a few games this season and 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 hit well and got sent back down. I mean, it, it's some of it. I don't know if the Yankees just don't like what they see from Andujar at all. I know the defense is a little shaky. The 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 the, the plate patience is a little shaky. Like the on base rate isn't there. So maybe I'm kind of making that reason for the Yankees right now. But I just think if they can get any kind of value for Miguel and Duhart, the Yankees should absolutely do it. There, there's no reason to keep him in that organization. They've obviously prioritized, especially they just added Andrew Benintendi that we talked about. Um, so I just think if if Miguel and Duhart gets moved to a team that will play him, there is absolutely value there. And again, someone you could pick up for a dollar, zero dollar bids this weekend. No one else, I think, is going to be on except me. Um, and... Uh, and, and our that's 12 listeners in our in our yes in our <laughs> in our thriving listenership in July when football season's coming yep i i just it, there's no risk in in if you have room taking a stab at Andujar this weekend i don't hate it he's shown power speed like you said like he's been productive like way more productive it feels like this year than in recent years when he's given been given a chance so yes free him go for it send, i'd say send him to the giants and they platoon him so that yeah no fun. we don't want that yeah we don't want that so yeah i We'll see where he goes. Maybe, hey, package him to Pittsburgh in the Bednar deal and let him play every day in Pittsburgh. There we go. Or he'll send be, him to Cincinnati, having, Lu- be... Cincinnati in the Luis Castillo deal. Give him great that's, small That's park. the ultimate. There you go. That's the ultimate. There you go. Problem solved. If that done happens, that will done. be amazing this week. Yes. Perfect. All right. We got some listener questions. You guys came through in a big way. This was, uh, this was nice. I literally have, I think, 10 questions here. Hopefully I didn't miss any. Um, our buddy Mike Carter came through. Uh, is Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks going to get called up this season? If so, is he worth speculative a speculative ad in a 12-team redraft league? He should get called up. Will he? You never know with the Diamondbacks. 12-team, I can't speculate. Yeah, never know. Corbin Carroll just hit his, I think, 20th home run this evening, Thursday night. So he's got sitting on 20 homers, 25 bags. Like, yes, I don't need to probably talk about how good Corbin Carroll is. To Mike's question, in a 12-team redraft league, I don't think you speculate on him unless unless you have the roster spot. But even then, I think there's just so many alternatives that are playing right now that are actually pretty good in 12-teamers that it's it's not worth it to me. And you just, I, I don't know, you never know with these guys what the transition's going to be like. So, like, all the plate skills look great with uh, with Corbin Carroll. He's hitting over 300, but did have in A this year a 25% K rate. Like, that's one of the things I look at with these minor leaguers, how that transition's going to go to the majors is the plate skills. And so there's some risk there. So, no, I wouldn't in 12s. Even in 15s, I might if I have the roster spot um, speculate there, but I don't even know if he'll be up this year. Yeah, the the one if they do want to bring him up, the one thing I'll say is Peralta might get traded, so it frees up a spot. That's that's an option. Yep. But yep. with the D backs, like what do they have to gain by calling him up right now? It's just it's a tough yeah. a tough dilemma to have right there. So I mean, the thing they, they do the fun. thing they do have to gain is just like you're you're that that transition is tough, and you're putting him, him in yeah. a like zero stress environment True. for next season. So like you are giving him some at bats. 
in September when there is just no pressure to perform. That's, that's true. That's the one thing. But. Uh, in the chat here, James D asked a question. The answer is yes. He says, will we see Edwin Rios again in 2022? He started his rehab assignment tonight in Nashville. Yep. So yes, we will. Yep. And a great power ad. Yep. He comes back. Uh, Patrick Ryan asks, when McCullers is healthy, what will the Astros rotation look like? McCullers oh. made a rehab start tonight on Thursday night. So he should be back in another week or two. But yeah, what do you think? Because I saw some very smart people today. Some saying he'd be in the rotation. Some saying he'd be a long man. Long man makes more sense to me, Ryan. Embarrassment of riches um, in the Houston. I mean, they could go seven man rotation. Jesus. So I mean, they. they so they, there's well, a, and there's rumors that Arcady might get traded. That's insane. Yeah, as their sixth starter. Yeah, I mean, they're just that's that's a pitching factory. Uh, to go back to the original question, I think Mullers or Mullers McCall would go back into that kind of relief role multi-inning kind of a thing i don't think they go back and throw him right away as a starter for five innings and i i, I forget i think it was a couple years ago when mccullers threw famously threw all curveballs in his relief outing in the playoffs like that's what houston did with mccullers a couple years back is is basically just put him in relief for a few innings at a time that's how i see this playing out even if they do put mccullers in the rotation like i said i think that the, the chances of mccullers given his injury has History consistently going five or six innings right now is just it's it's not there. I think they're going to optimize him for the playoffs as they should. They should hundred percent. And, and we saw him in the past in the playoffs with McCullers put him out there for three or four, let him flip that curveball like eighty percent of the time, and it was beautiful. Yep. So it makes tons of sense. I believe this is your fantasy league uh, friend here, Oregon Ducks too. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, I yes. remember this from previous weeks. I remember previous weeks. I thought so. He said probably the most important question you'll be asked all season. What hat are you wearing in the pick on the podcast icon? I don't know the answer to this one, so I'm I'm curious. Which podcast icon is it? Uh the the one on the actual oh, logo for Rachel the show Bubba, on San Jose San, San Jose Giants. San Jose Giants. Okay. Yes. San nice. Jose Giants. I love going to those games. Got a couple of San Jose hats because they're always cheap because minor league they know how to support their fans. And um I haven't gone this year, unfortunately, but uh yeah, it's a San Jose Giants hat, and I like it because it's not the typical orange and black; it's the orange and white, so it's a little different. It's, it's a nice yep. little look. So, yeah, I would like, not. It took have me a second. That. It took me a second. I'm like, wait, this bench with doesn't have a hat. You don't have a hat. Which one is? Oh god, you don't have a hat. You don't have hair. You, yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah, I don't get it. Like, yeah, there's a shampoo question later. It's not even about me. What are we doing? Um, Tim Wyatt, great listener of the show. Um, does Christian Javier end up back in this bullpen at some point? Thanks in advance. Kind of. We already hit on that with McCullers. Um, I think we'll see. A, it depends if Arcadia gets traded for one. That's a big one. But I think there'll be some times where guys kind of, you know, there's some piggybacking going on to kind of rest guys for the postseason, as you said. So I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense too. Like, I, I guess Seattle. I mean, Seattle's had a, a hell of a run lately, but they're still. 10 games behind Houston. So Houston's going to basically kind of just manage innings with all these guys. I, I think Javier would stay in the rotation just to, just to keep that routine for him. Um, so, and like you said, or might get dealt and I, I'm not like we were just talking about with McCullers. I, I'm not sure he's that much of a threat to take rotation spots at this point. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely agree with you on that one. Nate Curtis has a great question. Time to give up on Riley green for this year. Um, I actually wrote him as a solo target as well. It's been brutal, brutal for Riley Green. And he's not even, yeah, it's just been brutal. I want to hear your thoughts on this because 
and you look at his stat line, just look over like the last two to four weeks, you pick your pick your pick your gap, and it's just been bad. It's it's been bad. It's kind of getting worse at 286 OBP over the last month with uh two homers. And the big thing with Riley Green is he's not successful on the base pass. He's one for five stolen bases. So like that green light can go away in an instant once you start going one for five. So, um, you know, this kind of dud of a season does nothing in my opinion to kind of tarnish Riley Green's long-term outlook. But if you're in a redraft league and you've got better options on the wire, I, I, I would not hold out for Riley Green turning this around all of a sudden. Yeah. hundred percent with you that. His other question is, thoughts on Nolan Jones of Cleveland? Small sample size, but his baseball savant expected stats look really good. I've been so torn on Nolan Jones this entire time. Yeah, I think like a lot of the questions originally were like, would he stay in the lineup? How's the playing time? And he's answered those 400 ABP, hitting 300. Scouts love the hit tool. The power metrics look great. Like I'm on board right now with Nolan Jones. That that transition to the majors has gone swimmingly. And as long as that continues to go, I think he's going to play um, at least first righties every day. And Cleveland, why? Like if, as long as he's at right. least not like, give him reps. like sinking. Like, yeah, like you said with the whole uh, Carroll thing, he's out there giving reps. It makes a ton of sense, especially the more I thought about the Carroll thing. It's like, you're going to let him face this elite Dodgers staff probably at least two rotations through if mm-hmm. if he call him up soon. He's like like in the, the Padres, Darvish, Snell might be good, Musgrove. Like he's going to face some pitching he'll never see before. Like might as well let him go see it now and see what happens. So I think it's a, a great call there. Uh, Alan DeLeonardis De um, says, this is for you, Ryan. I guarantee you because it's not for my goatee. What shampoo and conditioner do you use? Are you muted? Oh, my bad. <laughs> I, I just I punted the question is what I did. No, that was rookie mistake. I muted myself for the shampoo question. And this is important. Like when I had the fro, when I had the COVID fro, there was a lot of shampoo going in that thing. Um, so so cost was a was an issue. Um, so I went, I I went value and I'm still going value. Give me head and shoulders with old spice scent. Two in one dandruff control shampoo conditioner with dandruff. It's like nine bucks for the big bottle, and that's that's all I need. So that's that's what I'm rolling with, consistent with that. So interesting. I think with the last time I used shampoo, uh, Pert Plus maybe. I don't know. It was that long ago. I don't even know if Pert Plus is still, still around. Yeah, I don't even know if it's still around. But back in the day, the green bottle that was like a popular thing. So yeah, that was I, a, a long, long time ago. I haven't seen a Pert um, Plus bottle in. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you because I don't go down the shampoo aisle, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know where to go. Um, the uh, he has a baseball question for us though. In light of Dustin May's uh, excellent rehab start today, and he's they said after the rehab start he should have at least one more, and then they will reassess the plan for him. What do you expect from him down the stretch? I'm very optimistic on Dustin May right now. I just think the way that LA is treating the rehab. They're going to bring him back as a starter. So Dustin May threw, I think, 50 pitches in, in Thursday night's rehab start when like three innings looked really good. And he's going to have two more rehab starts after that. So that tells me maybe he's going to go four than five. 
they're grooming him to be a starter on the way back. And I think they're going to need him uh, to do that. Tony Gonsolin's been, been rough. Who knows when he needs going to get hurt. We, again, we talked about Mitch white, his recent struggles. Like I think they're going to need Dustin May in the rotation. I think they know that. And I'm, I'm very optimistic on Dustin May. The velocity looks good. Like everything looks good in rehab. And just again, the way that they're treating him with the length of his outings, he's coming back as a starter. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, like you said, and the fact that they they want to give him one more start to reassess him, it's like okay, they're going to see how stretched out he is, and maybe give him one more. The the fact they want to reassess him tells me, like you said, they want him back in the rotation. Like it's yep. if they, if they didn't, they would they probably bring him back after tonight if he wasn't going back in the rotation. So that's a big big plus. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Scott Harris, he already commented in the chat. He said, "What will make when do for the Mets? Any value you think?" And he said, "Thank you in the chat already." So we hit on that one at the top of the show. Rewind yep. to the front if you need to help on that one. Um, Gaiman eight says any predictions on a new closer by next Monday due to a trade. We went over a bunch of those already. So you're good there. Who would uh, be your, so I mean, it, who would Felix be your Bautista. number one, who 100%. would be your number one guy? Bautista. Bautista. hundred percent. Like that dude, like you said, he should already be rostered in 15s. And I've been putting specs in on, I had him at points throughout the season in 12s when the streaming was bad. Like he's that good. He's, he might not be Devin Williams good, but he's, he's making a case to be that good. So He's serviceable. I'll, I'll go Bautista one, but then just to give another name out there again, because it's hard to kind of rank these guys. We just talked about a lot of names tonight, and I would go uh, Yeri De Los Santos, number yeah, two. I just, that's a good I, one. I, like I said, I think Bednar's gone. So uh, De Los yeah. Santos would be my my plan B behind Bautista if they're both available this weekend. That's a great one as well. And uh, the last question we have here is from our buddy Todd Whitestone. Um, Ryan. Which starting pitcher would be your top three out of the group of six rest of the season five by five roto? You have Jeffrey Springs, who can't throw five innings these days. You have George Kirby, who's got relegated to like 70 pitches his last start. You have Reed Detmers, Jacob Junis, Aaron Ashby, Nick Ladello. Top three in that group. So this is really interesting. And I know this is like the last question. We're, we're running pretty long, but Todd. Like all of these guys that you just mentioned, I wrote up in the speculator this week as September slowdown candidates. And so like my, my kind of, and, and very high up on this list and on a list you don't want to be high up on. So what I did for the speculator column this week was I just took their innings pitched in 2022, compared that to the max of any of the last three seasons and, and just kind of sorted um, by who is above that pace. George Kirby, is actually number two behind Tyler Wells, who just got hurt. Uh, Jeffrey Springs is number three on that list. So, like, there's a lot of risk, Todd, in that rotation in September. I don't know, A, how effective a lot of those guys will be in September just because of the uncharted territory. And that's even assuming, like, that their team is going to give them full run. So that being said, I'm, I'm very skeptical on Jeffrey Springs. I'm skeptical on George Kirby, even though he just came back before the season. Jerry Depoto said that Kirby's going to be on 120, 130 inning limit for the season. Now maybe that changes a little bit because Seattle's in the hunt, but like, I, I, I don't know how many more innings Kirby has to, to, to answer the question. I would go Aaron Ashby, number one, Lodolo, number two, and probably Kirby three, just ride Kirby until the Mariners don't use him anymore. Um, but yeah, very low on Springs. Detmers came up on the list as well. I know we kind of talked about Detmers the last couple of weeks, the, the slider that he's throwing more, throwing a little bit harder, like that looks good. But, but he is also in um, a little bit of uncharted territories. And then Junis, 
Um, Junis is a decent option. He's, I think, probably going to be there through the season. So there is that. But Ashby and Lodolo, I think, are the clear cut one and two there. Yeah, no, the Ashby and Lodolo for sure. Ashby's starting to really turn it around. Lodolo, we've seen what he's done lately. So I think that'll be fun. Um, I would love it to be Detmers, but I agree. He's hitting that Indians wall pretty quick, it looks like. Uh, one more thing from James, and it was in the MLB Trade Rumors article that Matt Moore could be on the block. Well, Matt Moore got the save tonight because Brett Martin's been so bad for Texas. Ooh, he's been, yeah. And the, the, the idea of hearing Matt Moore getting saves is just, wow. But, what a career uh, path. Yeah, what a I, just, path. I guess it makes sense, though, if you really think about how he was back in the day. One inning might be what he needs to do. We'll see. But all right, we'll wrap things up there, Ryan. Another great time chatting with you, my friend. Any final thoughts? The trade deadline, I hope it's a fun weekend. I hope they don't wait until the last hour on Tuesday. Like, Give us some fun this weekend. But uh, what do you got? What you got? Yeah, give us some fun. It's it's interesting because the trade deadline is, like we are saying, on a Tuesday. So like, how many trades will get made before uh fab runs on sunday and then we're gonna have kind of another kind of fab fabapalooza next week after the trade deadline so we'll see i'm actually going to be driving on the road the next two sundays uh for vacation so fab for me is going to be a little tricky you might have to have the wife drive for some stretches there and i'm gonna be fabbing from my phone on the Palouse somewhere in the middle That's of nowhere fun. in the Northwest. But, uh, but yeah, no, I won't be here next week. No show for me, but I'll be back and even more refreshed two weeks from now. Beautiful. Ready for the stretch run, but I yes. uh, hope you guys, hope you guys enjoy the show. Enjoy your vacation, Ryan, have fun um, in the Palouse, as you said, and uh, we'll be, I'll be back with you guys next week. Ryan will be back in two weeks. We'll have tons and tons more to talk about. Uh, you can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. I am at BD Entrick. Don't forget the FPAS first pitch Arizona uh, special rate finishes July 31st. You got till Sunday night to make it happen. So highly, highly recommend it. If you have questions, let us know. But for now, enjoy your, your weekend. We'll catch you guys next time. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.